Welcome back to Tay Learning. My name is Danny, And I'm Olivia. We are your co-hosts. And this week, we are really, really excited about this episode. Yeah. I feel like we say that every single week. We say it every single time, <laughs> except for the Jake Gyllenhaal episode. <laughs> but we actually really are, because if you didn't listen to last week's episode about Betty, A, you should. But B, we talk at the end about how much fun all about the album openers was to record in the first season. Yeah. This- one of our earliest episodes, and it's still one of my all-time faves. It was actually the episode that inspired us to start putting music clips after we reference mm-hmm. songs, because we realized that not everybody who listens will necessarily know Taylor's discography like the back of their hand. Exactly. And, you know, that's the point of our podcast. Like, we're here for you new Swifties that don't know anything. So we got you. We got you. We got them all. So... With that being said, today's episode is all about the album Closers, which our friends all requested way back when, and we were like, okay, well, you're the only people listening right now, let's wait, and we've waited long enough, so here we are. If you haven't listened to our All About the Album Openers episode, of course, highly recommend you do, but if not, basically what we did in that episode was compared and contrasted Taylor's openers, we rated them um, based on how strongly they were the openers so we're going to do something very similar for this episode we followed a pretty structured outline for that episode I was very proud of us that was the first time we ever tried like an outline (laughs) I'm getting like so nostalgic but anyway (laughs) (laughs) so that outline is going to be the same for this episode we're going to start chronologically so we're going to start with debut and move our way through the albums we are going to discuss the album closer and rate the song on its own like just the song by itself no context to like anything else and then we're going to discuss does this song fit the theme does it like capture what the album is as the closer we're then going to rate the song not by itself but as the closer specifically and then we are going to do the fun task and the hard task of if we had to pick another song to be the closer, what would it be? So I guess we'll just jump right into it. And we're going to talk about debut, self-titled, Taylor Swift by Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> so debut is a little weird because I feel like the original standard track list isn't what most people consider to be the track list. Um, The standard track list only has 11 songs and it ends with our song. There is a deluxe edition with bonus tracks, which I think is the more widely known version of debut. And it ends on track 14 being a perfectly good heart. So for argument's sake, as we go through this episode, we are going to mention the original closer, like what the album was intended to close on. Plus, if there are bonus tracks, 3 a.m. tracks, however they're named, we're going to mention those ones as well. But when we're thinking album closer, we're usually thinking the one that caps off the original album. But yes, debut is weird because like if you go on Spotify, self-titled, debut, whatever you want to call it. They don't call it bonus. Yeah. So it's hard to say. But let's start with rating our song. On its own. I give our song a solid seven. I love our song. It's so nostalgic. I think it's the perfect representation of the debut era. And it's so fun. Just fun. I love our song so much. I have so much nostalgia for it. And I want to say out the gate, like an eight. I really like our song. 
I feel like it's a really fun one to like play at a party where everyone knows the words. Oh, yeah. It's got such a great lead into the chorus. I just, I think that it's great. As far as a closer for the album, I think it's a pretty strong closer as well in general. Like, I would give it like a 7.5. Interesting. I think it does a really good job of like grabbing what we'd heard before the the end and leading it out with a good is our song and then it just ends on a really happy little country note so i think it's a really good closer for a debut album i uh i rated it three. Oh <laughs> my god spill <laughs> i don't know i just i feel like it would be a stronger middle of the album song than like the end i feel like taylor swift time and time and time again is so good at picking the closing track and I think this one maybe this is unfair because like I guess I'm kind of comparing it to like others that she's done I just don't feel like it it acts as like a very good like bookend I don't know that's fair but I mean it is debut there wasn't like an overarching theme really so like maybe I'm not being fair but well I'm gonna really harsh as we talk about a perfectly good heart Because as a song, I give it a three. (laughs) I know. I know it's not one of my favorites on debut at all. I feel like that's really evident. I don't find myself going back to that song very often. But I am excited for the re-recording because I think I'll like it more once it doesn't sound as whiny to me, I guess. It makes sense that it's whiny. She was a teenager. But that song does not really resonate with me very much at all. Honestly, I'd probably give it like a three, three and a half as well. I mean, I don't feel like as like negative about it I guess like I don't care about like her whiny voice or anything like that it's just it's one that never really stood out to me lyrically or sonically or like I never connected to it it was all right yeah it was all right (laughs) and as a closer I gave a perfectly good heart like a five and I, I gave it like a five because I feel like early Taylor Swift music was oftentimes pigeonholed to be about relationships and stuff. And to be fair, it very often was about relationships and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that A Perfectly Good Heart being a closing song that's about heartbreak, but a really like sincere and earnest version of that is very Taylor Swiftian, especially as a teenager. So a five is very, very neutral for me. Not really positive, not really negative, but Yeah, I, in my opinion, I think it's worse than our song, so I'd give it, like, a two as a closing track. We're coming in harsh out the gate. I don't know, like, debut, like, you know, she hadn't mastered or refined her artistry yet. Yeah. If you listen to the openers episode we did, I think she nailed it with the opener, but I think by the end, it kind of fell apart a little bit. Yeah. If we had to change it, what would we pick? So I said this one as the opener as well in the last episode. So if you, I'm all about the openers one. So if you just listen to that, super sorry. I think a place in this world would be a banger end of this album. Oh, I'm just a girl, to find a place in this world. That's the one I had down to 100%. I feel like compared to her future albums, which obviously she didn't know about her future albums necessarily at the time. It, it really fits like the theme that she then develops for her closing track. It, it kind of like sets a tone of like 
what she anticipates out of her career almost. I agree. I think it is a really great way to wrap the album. I feel like putting that song just in the middle of the track list was a really bizarre decision because I feel like it should have either been the opener or the closer because it's very much like talking almost to the universe into the ether i'm just a girl trying to find a place in this world and when that falls just in the middle of the track list i feel like it kind of gets lost when the message of the song shouldn't get lost it's really confessional yeah i agree for the sake of just picking a different one so that you know we don't have the exact same songs lined up i think another contender could possibly be stay beautiful stay beautiful just because of the message behind it. Like, I know that it's directed to someone romantically, but it could also be interpreted a little bit of, like, to her fans, you know? Mm-hmm. Stay beautiful. I like that. So we're moving into one of Olivia's love albums, as she puts them, and that's Fearless, or heart albums. Not love albums. Heart albums. Her heart uh-huh. albums, because she's so passionate about Fearless. <laughs> so let's hope that I don't hurt your feelings. I anticipate that you would hurt my feelings because I'm very defensive about this song because I know what your like opinions are about the song. Um, so I'm prepared. That song is change. Because these things will change. What do you rate it on its own? Okay. All right. Um, it's very hard for me to rate this song because I think that Taylor's version just improves on it exponentially because I just think that her vocals in the original one are so weak compared to the Taylor's version one that being said if I just have to rate the song as a song like a six like very slightly positive neutral it's funny because I also rated a six but like I feel like my six feels a little more like positive than you (laughs) Because I love and appreciate this song, but I think most of my love and appreciation is what it does as a closing track. Which is? So, I think it's 10. (gasps) You gave this a perfect score? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Okay. Tell me why. The whole, like, message of change is she can feel the momentum in her career taking a turn. And that's just so interesting to write before you put out your album that wins all these awards and it's just so fitting that fearless was her first album of the year the first like grammy recognized album that she had she won so many awards for this album and she almost felt that anticipation of that coming up and change being the ending track to that album chef's kiss i liked change as a closer honestly i gave it a 7.5 uh, which isn't great, but it's pretty positive. Like it's it's somewhere between neutral and perfect. I want to rate it higher now that I've heard your example, but I can't <laughs> rate it higher now. But after you explaining why you gave it a perfect score, I'm more inclined to rate it higher than a 7.5, but I can't change my answer now. I think it's a pretty good closer. Yeah, and like the lyrics, like these flaws that they put up to hold her back will fall down. like breaking out of like her shell and just I don't know I love it I never hated the original either like I always really liked it it was kind of like a more underrated favorite of mine like I underrated it personally I appreciated it more when I fell back into the fandom again 
but yeah I think it's a perfect closer and I really feel like it fits the fearless theme too so but if you had to change it what would you change it to that was hard I have two options for kind of different reasons I don't love either one of them I don't think either one would be that great but if I had to pick I have the best day that's just like such a positive happy song there are mostly breakup songs on there and the best day is about how no matter what she goes through her mom makes her day better so I feel like that could be a really sweet closer it wouldn't be like a super strong sonically closer but the message I think would be really sweet the other option I have is white horse now it's too for you and your white horse specifically because of the outro being like oh try and catch me now it's too late to catch me now and the album closes on that i have the other side of the door I didn't know we were pulling from platinum. Oh, <laughs> I'm pulling from original. I'm so sorry. Okay, so if I have to pull from original, I'm going with the way I love you. Because I think it's such a strong song on that album. And I think it would be such a fun thing to end on. And I know that I said that as the opener as well. I just think it would be a really strong song to end on. But if we're pulling from Platinum, <laughs> the other side of the door, that outro is one of her best outros she's ever written. I think that would be a crazy song to end on. I do really love the other side of the door. The moment she plays it as a surprise song, I'm my stomach is going to drop and I'm going to be so fucking sad. Moving into speak now. I got a lot of love out the gate here. Cause this album ends with long live. What do you give it? On As song? a song, a nine. <laughs> nice. I give it an eight. Looking at it now, I almost wish I'd given it an 8.5. I think I was just really feeling it when I was listening to it. She was so under the belief at the time when Speak Now came out that her career had already hit its peak. That yeah. she had already gone over the career hill. She so, reached all her goals. Yeah, she did it. Fearless one album of the year. White Horse had won a song of the year. Like it's she got what she wanted. She didn't know that Speak Now was going to be as awarded as it was, that it was going to sell a million copies in its first week. Like, she had no idea that those things were coming. Long Live was like a confessional of, thanks for doing this with me, but I guess I'm done now. And Don't that ever makes forget it, me. Yeah, that makes the song far <laughs> more endearing. And I think that as her career continues to grow, the love I have for that song continues to grow. I know, especially because as time goes on, what it ultimately ends up meaning to the fandom itself like of course it meant a lot then but like we didn't understand the scope of it because her next seven albums didn't come out yet that broke even more records than fearless could have even dreamed like we didn't know so like way back when 2010 when speak now came out i honestly it didn't long live didn't hit for me i don't know it's just like 
it was all right. I love the line. I had the time of my life fighting dragons with you, but like, that's all that I took away from it. I think it means so much more now than I ever did back then. Agreed. The bigger she gets, the more long live hits. It just does. But it should come to no surprise that because what it is what it is now, I gave it a 10 as an album closer. Yeah, I also gave it a 10. I said this in the album openers episode two. I don't really feel like Speak Now has a theme. So it's hard to say like if this fits the theme. I feel like Speak Now is kind of all over the place. This is her experimentation era, you know, just doesn't really have an overarching theme or message or like storyline, I guess. Super interesting to me that Red got slammed for not being sonically cohesive when Speak Now isn't either. It is pop punk. It is country. It's got blues. It's a very all over the place album with no string tying the concept together. And yet it is so beloved. And maybe that's because she wrote the entire thing on her own. I don't know. I think that it is just such a good album. And I think Long Live is a really great way to cap it off. I know we're talking about Speak Now specifically, but I think Red was also, people were a little bit harder on it because it was considered her first adult album and it was still sonically not cohesive, you know? So like, I think that's probably like. Yeah, people were harsher. I don't know. Also on the deluxe version of Speak Now, the album ends on Superman. This feels like the most basic of basic. It's just a bonus track. I don't think it means shit. I don't think it means shit, bro. And I don't like Superman very much. It isn't like my bottom of Taylor Swift songs. I'm sorry. I gave it like a three, I think. I didn't even write anything down because I didn't even acknowledge the bonus tracks. Yeah, and uh, thank God she didn't put Superman on the original track list because I think that it drags the album down. I'm so sorry, Taylor, if you're ever happening to listen to this. Uh, And so it would be like a two as a closer. Even making it the bonus Mm. track closer is a chaotic decision, especially Mm. when another bonus track would have made so much more sense as the closer. (laughs) And that is ours. The water's rose. But this love is ours. (laughs) Starting on mine and ending with ours. Yes. (laughs) Starting on mine and ending with ours would have made so much sense. And I will not forgive her for doing that, especially since it was a bonus track. She could have switched Superman and ours and it would have made so much more sense. And that was my decision. I would have had ours move to the main track list, even though I don't think that ours is a super strong song. I think that the lyrics are juvenile, which makes sense and i think juvenile (laughs) it was juvenile i think that it's a weak song compared to the rest of speak now that has so many strong tracks but that's okay because starting with mine and ending with ours which are both pretty happy songs would be a really fun decision so yeah well i am a person that thinks it's important to listen to the bonus tracks I think it's also important to recognize where the original album ends. So I was very purist and I didn't pull anything for the bonus tracks for any of my things. I think the only albums where the bonus tracks like matter are her like recent, recent albums. I don't think it matters in the early days, like order anything, in my opinion. She probably picked the order for some reason, but I don't think it was a part of the overarching masterpiece you know i get it olivia's being a purist and i am less so but that's just how we're doing it (laughs) so 
basically what I'm saying is I picked Never Grow Up as the closer. Oh my god. Oh, darling, don't you ever grow Don't you ever grow Just stay this little that because, song is so sad yeah wish i'd never grown up and like for this to be her last like juvenile-esque album her next album is very mature very adult it's considered her first adult album and it would just be so gut-wrenching for it to end on i wish i'd never grown up wish i could stay this little that's a really good answer Speaking of her mature albums, we move into Red. You listened to the All About the Album openers. You know that I gave the opener, State of Grace, a perfect score as far as an opener did. But part of that was because I think that the closer worked so well. And that closer is Begin Again. On Wednesday in a cafe, I watched it begin again. Yes. Which... As a song, I give Begin Again like a 7.5, 8-ish. I think it's really underrated. I don't know why people don't like Begin Again very much, but I do. I do. I do. You gave it a what? A 6. Yeah. No, like, positive neutral about it. Like, I don't hate it. I like it. Like, when I'm in the mood to really appreciate it, I do. But when I'm not, I'm just like, it's background music. It's a very pretty song. Unless I'm, like, really invested in the lyrics. It just kind of blends together with me, but positive neutral. But what about as a closer? It's a perfect tone. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, we talked about this in the openers and we're going to talk about it forever, I'm sure. But like the way that it starts with State of Grace and like, this is such a great relationship. And then it goes through all the devastation of heartbreak and Taylor's going through it. And then it ends with her next first date. On a Wednesday in a cafe, she watched it begin again. I think yeah. that it is a banger closer as well. I gave it a 10 as well. So Red is the quintessential heartbreak album. Like Olivia said, it tells this entire big love story that fucking crashes and burns, and it's devastating. And then she begins again. She goes on a date with someone else, right? That's It's lovely. So some people would argue that Begin Again doesn't fit the theme of Red, because if Red is a heartbreak album, ending on a song that, in my opinion, does have to do with heartbreak because it's been I've been spending the last eight months thinking all love ever does is break and burn and end. I think it does. But if it's a heartbreak album, wouldn't it make sense to end on a song that has to do with heartbreak? Like if you pulled from additional tracks and put the moment I knew as the song at the end, like looking back on the relationship and being like, that was the moment that I knew that it was over. I feel like that could be cool, but my argument against that is I literally had this thought maybe five minutes ago. What if I watched it begin again? Wasn't necessarily she watched falling in love happening again, but she watched the love cycle happening again. She's just going to go through this again. Man, that makes that song a lot sadder, right? (laughs) (laughs) Which I don't think was its intent, honestly, but it's a cool interpretation. So we know we love begin again. And I can't wait to hear you talk about this because I know how you feel about this song. But technically, a bonus version of this album ends on Girl at Home. I don't look at me, you got a girl at home and 
See, this is why I don't acknowledge the bonus tracks until <laughs> maybe folklore. Until so maybe folklore? Yeah. Fuck you. As a 1989 stan, I am mad. Nah, those are just those are extras for me. <laughs> oh my god. My favorite Taylor Swift song of all time is a 1989 bonus track. That hurts my feelings. It's a bonus track, girl. <laughs> it's a good one. But it's a bonus track. My feelings are deeply hurt. Anyway, Girl at Home as a song, I give like a 3.5. I'm not even going to entertain this. <laughs> if you've been listening, you know how I feel about this song. And I don't want to be the asshole that gives it a 1. So, Well, as a closer to the album, I gave it a 1. So I don't hate Girl at Home the way that you hate Girl at Home. But I really don't like it. Like, I am negative neutral about it. If it comes on, I'll still bop. But like I it is still bop too. It's Taylor Swift. Yeah, it's just it's not the song that I would choose to bop to. And I know all the lyrics, but it annoys me the most. Yeah. So well, I had to get the girl at home part out of the way. But if I had to pick a closing song, I am actually going with the song that you picked as the opener for this album, the opener replacement from State of Grace, which is Holy Ground. Stop it! I did too. Shut up. <laughs> happy reminiscing song about a breakup so it's like the stages of grief (laughs) exactly that is that is why i picked it that and because it's so sonically similar to state of grace i was like it'd be kind of fun if those songs that are similar were the bookends to the album okay okay let me see if i can come up with a different one god i know i should have to you always pick a different one because you're always trying to bend to my i mean i did it second like you know it's it's fine I don't like this, but I'm going to, the lucky one, maybe. Just because it kind of fits the theme, not of the album, but the theme of her past two closing tracks. I can't wait until I'm famous. Oh, wow. We really did this. Oh, shit. This is what fame is like. That's a good answer. I'm going to pull from a song that this shouldn't even count, just so we're clear, because this wasn't <laughs> on the original. But imagine closing the album with I Bet You Think About Me. I'm harder to forget than I was to leave. And I bet you think about me. That would be cool. Speaking of vault tracks you know i guess taylor's version ends on all too well 10 minutes yeah (laughs) well we didn't address what fearless tv ends on oh i literally forgot what is it like bye bye baby Bye bye, baby. I love Fearless Taylor's version, but to me, that's very much fearless. Whereas Red Taylor's version, I think of as an entirely different entity of Red. It really is, is. It took on its own, like, full era. Fearless TV didn't really have an entire, like, it didn't really have yeah. an era. It did, but at the same time, it didn't. Red yeah. TV had this wild cultural impact that I think needs to be studied. 
Yeah, it's so interesting. Just as a quick note, Fearless TV ends on Bye Bye Baby, which I think is a really fun way to end the album, just because the lyrics right. are, Bye Bye Baby. Bye Bye Ending on All Too Well 10 Minute, I love that she put the song people were most thirsty for as the very last track. Obviously, that song is amazing. I don't think yeah. it conceptually would grab the entire album as a closer. It does. It tells the full story explicitly, though, right? Ooh, yeah. Just kidding. I take back what I said. And the way that, like, it makes you feel at the end. I remember very specifically talking about this when we discussed the All Too Well short film because we had a visual to go along with it. But the the outro to the 10-minute version is really, really haunting, and it leaves you feeling, like, cold and empty and uncomfortable, which encompasses the way she felt during this breakup. True. Let's move into 1989. Let's do it. 1989 ends on, like, my second favorite Taylor Swift song of all time, and that's Clean. Clean is a song I gave a 10. Can't anticipate. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it an 8. Uh, I really like it. It's not one of my favorites, but I like it a lot and I appreciate it. I love Clean so much. And unsurprisingly, I gave it a 9.5 as the album closer. Nice. I gave it an 8.5. The reason I gave it a 9.5, I think my bias of loving the song so much definitely ekes in there. I'm mm-hmm. not above saying that or believing it. However, I think... That this entire album, which is like a really fun album, like fun single in New York era, but also there's these flashes of there's definitely relationship stuff going on. There's We Never Go Out of Style. There's Wildest Dreams. There's How You Get the Girl. All these things about that have to do with relationships, but she's not doing what she did on Red because it was intentional. Yeah. And then seeing her be so vulnerable with clean, gone was any trace of you. I think I'm finally clean. I think that that is just such a gorgeous reminder of the stuff that she loves to write about. And as far as encapsulating the album, I just, I feel like the album is so much fun with just touches and dashes of vulnerability. And that's what Clean feels like to me. This gorgeous song with beautiful imagery that has a touch of vulnerability. I feel like I mostly agree with you. I think that it was a really good idea for a closer, you know, gone was any trace of you I think I am finally clean and I think it'd be more fitting if the album focused a little bit more on that relationship and any trauma she felt which we know that she didn't do that because of the backlash she got for her red album if she did another one about another relationship the media frenzy would have been a million times worse even though I I think probably the ending of that relationship given the glimpses she gave us could have had its own album but that's beyond the point. So I just feel like Clean missed the mark a little bit just because it is so relationship focused where I feel like 1989 as a whole kind of tries to make light of that relationship in the best ways possible and trying to make it fun and like, you know, I'm not all about boys when she's crying about it. <laughs> so it missed the mark a little bit for me, but I appreciate it for what it is you know like Mm -hmm. what it could be as a closer which is why my 8.5 I was kind of torn between 8 and 9 9 felt a little too high 8 felt a little too low well just to get it out of the way because I'm passionate about this freaking song the entire album the deluxe album ends on new romantics romantics. 
is my favorite Taylor Swift song. I am such a New Romantics stan. I give it a 10, not surprisingly. It wouldn't be a great <laughs> Danny's album. literally foaming at the mouth, by the way. Like, I know you can't see her, but she is... <laughs> like, my eyes are beady right now. Yeah, she's leaning into the computer. <laughs> oh, I'm so passionate about New Romantics. I would give it a 10. I'd give it, like, an 8 as an album closer uh, because the whole like baby with the new romantics come and come along with me like heartbreak is the national anthem i think that would be such a cool fun way to close out that album i know you didn't rate the bonus tracks but if i didn't mention new romantics here when i get an opportunity <laughs> to organically mention new romantics love that i had to well, do it i guess on the fly i'd probably also give an eight i appreciate it. it's not my favorite but I don't like the, like, you know, it's good. I don't know why I'm like acting like I'm, it's because it's your favorite song. I I feel bad that I'm not giving it 10, but you know, just, you know. It's okay. It's your favorite song. It doesn't have to be your favorite, but you were sobbing with Taylor Plate Tolerate It. So I could build a castle out of all the bricks they threw at me would be such a banger line to end the album on after her last album got trashed the way that it did. For no reason, by the way. Red is a great album. I feel like I would give it a nine as the album closer, like if we're considering it as the album closer. I feel like it does what I wish Clean did in terms of what I feel like the theme of 1989 is. Clean is a perfect ending for the relationship aspect of 1989. And I think New Romantics is a perfect closer on the era of 1989. Like it's all about like embracing the heartbreak and like having fun being single anyway. And I think it would be a better closer. If we had to pick another closer, you go first this time, just in case we have the same one again. Style. You mentioned ending on we never go out of style. We never go out of style. I love that. I also chose a single. I chose Wildest Dreams. would be a pretty you'll see me in hindsight tangled up with you all night burning it down i think that would be great see me again even if it's just in your wildest dream bingo that's (laughs) i think those are both good choices i think that she nailed the singles with the 1989 era which is so funny because for the grand most part i don't think that she's very good at picking her singles there was no bad option i'm looking at the track list right now and like there just there wasn't. Just no, no bad option. Nine <laughs> is perfect pop. It is a perfect the, pop Yeah. Album. The two singles from this album that, like, aren't my favorite, like, worked as singles. Shake It Off and Bad Blood. Yeah. They worked as singles. And also, I've said before, I don't know if on this podcast, if Shake It Off and Bad Blood had not been singles, I think that fans would really love them. I really do. Yeah. I think they just got overplayed and, like, they turned into non-fan favorites which then makes fans feel like they can't pick that as a favorite because it's too basic of an answer exactly so we move into reputation this is i feel like where it starts to get a little more interesting i would agree reputation ends on new year's day but i'll be cleaning up bottles with you on new year's day hold on which for a long time i thought was my favorite on reputation mm-hmm. and then i did one of those taylor swift song sorters the other day i meant to call and tell you about this because it rated all of my songs while i was editing last week's episode i was just <laughs> messing around and doing the taylor swift song sorter and i rated another song on reputation higher 
than New Year's Day while using the song sorter, and I didn't even realize I was doing it. That's not important. I love New Year's Day, though, so much, and I gave it a nine. I think we have to remember your history with the album Reputation and the song New Year's Day. Before you, like, fully appreciated Reputation as an album, New Year's Day was your favorite. Correct. And then you, like, grew to love the rest of it later. So, like, it kind of makes sense to me. You know? New Year, yeah, New Year's Day was like the song that I really grasped onto because that was more my type of music, like the piano, the acoustic-y thing. That was very much the era that I was in. And so when listening to Reputation the first time in 2017, I was like, man, none of this does it for me. But then New Year's Day played, and it's always stuck with me quite a bit. But if that history did not exist, technically it is not my favorite on the album. That being said, I love the song. I gave it a nine as a song, and I gave it a nine as a closer. Sorry to jump the gun, pass right over your numbers. Sorry about that. I just, I'll explain why in a minute, though. I just want to know what your numbers are. Seven and seven. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I like it a lot, but it was a little lackluster for me as a closer. For the longest time when I listened to Reputation, I had kind of the opposite experience of you. Like, her really heavy pop stuff was totally up my alley, like when Reputation was out. And then New Year's Day was a little boring for me. So I usually skip New Year's Day. But why would you give it a seven as a closer? That was my initial reaction. So I kept it. I don't know. I just, I think I have a hard time getting over my initial feelings of it, of it not really feeling like it matched the vibe of the rest of the album. But as I was doing this last night, I'm not changing my seven. Seven's still pretty good. It's just like compared to like clean, which I rated 8.5, like it's not an eight. It's not closer to clean, you know? I feel like New Year's Day for me, the hold on to the memories and they will hold on to you and I will hold on to you. It just, it feels like after that really strong, as we like to say about reputation all the time, it is a love album coated in armor and the armor drops. It drops. You get to see this vulnerability that the album ends on. I like the way it's almost also her speaking to fans. I like that it's her speaking to Joe. It's her speaking to fans. And it's just a really beautiful way to end the album. So I gave it a nine. See, that point that you made was kind of, I had kind of this revelation last night about the song. So, you know, my initial reaction was like, no, this doesn't fit the theme. And eh, maybe, I guess. And my thought process is, the album starts harsh with armor, outer shell. Like it starts with ready for it, end game. I did something bad. The really badass type songs. Um, the very reputation persona that she created for the album. And as the album goes on, the songs get lighter and lighter and lighter. And like you were saying about New Year's Day being super vulnerable, I think it's the song that we get to that's finally just her and not with the outer shell. I think that I would like it better though, as a closer, despite that, is if there was some callback reference, kind of just one more like stitch tying it like in. Whereas I feel like it's just a love song, an anxious love song. And so I wish there's just like one more thread that she just put in there about like, after everything, please don't ever become a stranger who's left. I could recognize anywhere or something like that. You know, just I needed a little something to tie it into the rest of the album. That's fair, which is why I went with Getaway Car as my replacement song for the end. 
Ooh. That would be cool. I think that that would be a really great way to tie everything together. The outer shell is still in there. You knew that we were cursed. Hit you like a shotgun shot in the dark. Like that outer shell, but also there's vulnerability, especially in that outro when she's like almost pleading, yelling the, I was dying in a getaway car, said goodbye. In. And then having it end with that same beat that if Lover had opened with Cruel Summer, and I wish it had, Getaway Car and Cruel Summer, Getaway Car ends on the same beat that Cruel Summer opens with. And that would have been super cool. That would have been really cool. It doesn't open on Cruel Summer, uh, so that's just a dream that I have. But Getaway Car was my choice. Cool. We actually had a different one this time. Yay! I picked King of My Heart. And all I want you are the one I have been waiting for, King of My Heart. All at once, you're the one I have been waiting for, King of My Heart, Body, and Soul. And the bridge is, is this the end of all the endings? My broken bones are mending. I think that's great. I think that's a great choice. Yeah, I liked it. But then I don't know where New Year's Day would fit. I don't know. Everything is fine the way it is. (laughs) (laughs) Olivia is very passionate about lovers. I'm really excited to get into this one because it ends on daylight. good yeah this song a nine i gave the song an eight yeah it's not in my top tier but it sure is really close it's a really good song the life from paris version is truly the one that i love the most i really appreciate what it means and it does have a callback with the i once believed love would be burning red but it's golden like daylight i think it's great if i didn't know the lore about taylor swift that i knew like i had to remove knowing that lore in order to give it Mm -hmm. it's rating What'd you give it as a closer? Oh, I gave it a 10. <laughs> I think it's a perfect closer to the Lover album. You know, a song about re- finally realizing what true love really means after all the heartbreak you've ever experienced. So I feel like it fits the theme. I feel like it's a great closer. I love the spoken outro being the last thing that she speaks on the album. I think it really wraps up the whole idea of Lover really nicely. I gave it a 9.5, and I think that the reason that I docked it a 0.5 is not its fault. It's the (laughs) opener's fault. Because I love I Forgot That You Existed as a song. I think that in order for something to be a really good closer and inversely a really good opener, it has to be part of a bookend to me. And because Mm -hmm. I Forgot That You Existed does not make sense as the opener to Lover in my head, despite really loving (laughs) that song. It, it docked daylight, which maybe isn't fair. Oh, I wish that Lover had opened with Cruel Summer because starting with the beginnings of their relationship, the you snuck in through the garden gate every night that summer just to seal my fate. And it was 2016. And then to end, it's three years later, the I want to be remembered for the things that I love. Or I think that that would have made it a really good bookend. Sorry, yeah. daylight. It's not your fault, but you lost a half a point <laughs> if you had to replace it. I literally have written... Maybe afterglow question mark IDK. It's on me. Just don't go. Maybe I don't feel I... passionately about a replacement because I just I look at every single song and I'm like, absolutely not. I like that you said afterglow because I also put afterglow because sonically they sound really similar. 
Yes. If you don't know the songs very well, they almost blend in together. And the whole idea of like afterglow is like if we're following the theme of lover being, you know, you finally found found what like true love means. Afterglow is like the first time you have a fight and you're worried it's going to be just like everything else again, but it's not. They're going to meet you in the afterglow of the fight. They're going to be there in the end. So I think it would be a really pretty ending, but I don't think it's as epic as Daylight. I would agree. For the sake of us not having the same answer, my backup was Cornelia Street. And now that we know what we know about how her relationship ends, that would be really fucked up. But (laughs) if the album ends on, I hope I never lose you. I hope it never ends. I'd never walk Cornelia Street again. It's too vulnerable and too sad and too anxious, I think, to be the end of the album. Yeah. But I think that that would be a really poetic ending. I agree. That was a runner-up for me, actually. Wow. To drive drive this idea into the ground, I don't think the album lover, and I think this is mostly coming from just my passion for the album as a whole, I don't think the album lover is like, dimmed by the ending of the relationship that inspired it because it was likely still true love it just to have a successful relationship you need more than just true love i don't know how many times on this podcast i've said love isn't enough it never has been but i've said it before it's even a comforting love that's not enough there's other things you need there are other like essential things that you need to align with somebody on more than just i romantically am in love with you When Taylor Swift was talking about Death by a Thousand Cuts, she said that when she was watching Someone Great, which is what it's inspired by, and this is really, again, sad now that we know what happened in her real-life relationship, but she was talking about how that song, Death by a Thousand Cuts, was inspired by that movie, and in that movie, the girl breaks up with her boyfriend of nine years, and it's not salacious. It's not nasty. There's no drama. They just grew apart. They love each other, but they just grew apart, and it didn't work anymore, and it's not angry. It's just sad. And again, now that we know what we know, (laughs) that's really, really heartbreaking. It's like really manifested it for herself, Loki, but love isn't enough. Mm-mm. Well, I'm glad that we found some common ground on Lover, at least a little bit. Same. But before we jump into folklore to see if we can continue that trend, we're going to take a quick break to talk about Spotify for Podcasters. So let's talk about folklore, our little surprise album drop baby from July of 2020 <laughs> ends on the song Hoax. Your faithless love's the only hoax I believe in. A hoax. You know, I feel bad doing this because I, I do appreciate hoax for the lyricism, but I'm going to give it a six. I also was going to give it a six. No way. Wow. I originally had it as a seven. I originally had it as a seven. And then I gave it a 6.5. And then I was like, I think more of a six because I don't know. I can't decide. It really depends on the moment because when I was doing this rating last night, I was like easy seven, maybe even a 7.5. And then I have my little Starbies and the sun is out and things are beautiful. And I'm like, oh my God, it's such a six. I don't feel those vibes at all. It's just so vibe dependent, I guess. Sorry, hoax. Um, Still love you though. Yeah, it's one of those things that 
when I am in the mood, like epiphany, peace, hoax kind of runs together in my brain toward the end of folklore. And when I'm in the mood, like, wow, did those songs punch me in the gut. But most of the time, I'm not in the mood for folklore like that. So they run <laughs> together and I'm like, oh, I could just skip it. <laughs> I simply but, like, cannot relate. I still love and appreciate all those songs on their own. It's just doesn't do it for me like other songs do because peace isn't like one of my top on folklore so like I hear you I just don't relate to you I guess Uh, as an ender for the album though I I do give it like a six I give it a four yeah like sure I I don't know it's kind of a weak closer for me like it didn't say anything that we haven't heard from her before and it didn't do it in a way that was crazier than the rest of the album it just it's a good song it's not a super strong closer i'll agree maybe even like a five i don't know it's so day-to-day with me when i do these ratings or rankings or whatever like i'm even looking at my album rankings from when we had our episode with the girls oh, at yeah. home and they've changed so like well when-, when we did that episode with the girls at home we had done a tiktok ranking and our rankings were different <laughs> yeah like things are just always changing so like i see your four and i understand it and i almost feel more like it's a four right now yeah. but last night i was listening to the album and i was like oh it's such a six i don't know it doesn't matter i just don't think yeah. it's a strong ender and your favorite song on folklore is the bonus track which is yeah. the lakes Take me to the lakes where all the poets went to die. I don't belong, and my beloved neither do you. I think that if it were the true closer, would be really cool because it's this fantastical daydream about what if I just gave it all up and ran away? What if I just did that? I think it would kind of cool, really especially good. in like the theme of folklore being like exploring these mental fantasies. And isn't that like the ultimate, like craziest thing Taylor Swift could do as Taylor Swift? Hard agree. If you had to replace the closing song on folklore, you get to go first, just in case. Okay. I have two options. Okay. And both of them have question marks after them because I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. So I think the lakes would be beautiful, but for going the legs because it's a bonus song and I'm trying to be fair peace question mark because the 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 whole idea of that is would it be enough if I could never bring you peace is such like a haunting question for that to be the song it ends on would be interesting would it be enough if I could never give you peace but then I kind of run into the issue that I said earlier of I feel like by the end of the album, Epiphany, Peace, Hoax are like really slow, beautiful songs, but they're slow songs. And if you're not actively listening, they run together. So like it, that doesn't really fix that. And I guess my next one doesn't really fix it either. But it's kind of an interesting idea. What if she ended it on Mirrorball? and the whole premise of that is all I'm doing is like still trying to get you to like use me as entertainment I'm still on that trapeze I'm still trying to do everything to keep you looking at me at the end of it in the middle of COVID I like that actually I hadn't even considered Mirabal. I did consider peace because I love peace I really do the one that I landed on which also wouldn't fix your running together songs problem is epiphany 20 minutes to sleep but you dream of some epiphany and 
I chose Epiphany because that song is directly relating to COVID with those lyrics about COVID and about comparing it to war. The hold your hand through plastic now. Doc, I think she's crashing now and some things you can't speak about. That album was the COVID era. Like it won Grammy album of the year for a reason. And so to end the album on something that's so apropos would be crazy. Yeah, I agree. I don't feel like there's like a really wrong option. I feel Mm -hmm. like the lakes is a a good closer if we do consider the bonus track in this case. So let's quickly slide into our next surprise baby, Evermore, which ends on Evermore. Evermore. (laughs) That this pain would be for Evermore. Just for the namesake alone, that's kind of cool. It would have been cooler if she had a song named Folklore that that was the closing track to Folklore. I don't know, because they're sister albums. I think that would have been cool. Evermore, I gave a seven. On its own? Yeah. I gave it a four. (gasps) That's actually shocking to me. Listen, I've talked about this a little bit in our album ranking episode. Evermore, just like, it's the speak now of modern day Taylor Swift to me in terms of it doesn't feel like it sonically goes together a lot and there's a lot of experimentation there and I don't know like oh my god <laughs> similar Evermore's... to speak now like one of my top three favorite songs of all time is from this album but it's not because of the album itself the Evermore stands are gonna gun you down girl. yeah the Evermore speak now fans hanging me I get it <laughs> somewhere out there kate my sister is listening to this and her like hands are in fists listen someone has to love lover and fearless okay that's my niche (laughs) i just really like bon iver quite a bit i think that their voices go together like butter on hot toast i think it's great it's a beautiful song but it's it's just not very memorable for me it's grown on me quite a bit. Like it wasn't even in my saved songs until like a month ago. A month ago, I probably would have given it like a five. And then it's like slowly begun to grow. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> that was me with Cowboy Like Me. Like three months ago, I was like, I'm not big into Cowboy Like Me. Like yeah. I think I ranked, I rated it like 17 or something on the TikTok <laughs> video back in December. And now it's in like the top five on Evermore for me. So That's I never so know funny. what's going on. I've been appreciating Cowboy Like Me lately, but that one I didn't care about before. I mean, the entirety of Evermore I had to warm up to, like my second favorite Taylor Swift song, Tolerate It, is on Evermore. And it took me literally six months to get it and appreciate it. I was disappointed by Evermore on first listen. As a closer to the album, though, I want to know how your rankings are different. I gave it a seven. That's it? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, my God. I gave it a nine as a closer. (laughs) Really? Yeah. It's like Evermore doesn't have a narrative that ties the entire thing together. Uh, Again, much like Speak Now, for example, but because it has that same feel from the entire album and then it just carries off into those lyrics of this pain will be forevermore. I just, I think it's a really interesting, not fun, because it's not a fun song, but I think (laughs) that it is an appropriate way to end her like cottagecore witchy era. I mean, Seven is still like good. It's just, it's good, not great for me. I don't know. Yeah, it's fine. doesn't hit me the way that, like, clean and higher hits me in terms of my rankings. Is that, like, your threshold? You just think, like, is it better than clean or Basically. (laughs) If we're talking about the extended edition of Evermore, it ends on It's Time to Go. You know when it's time to go. 
I think that's great. Especially right where you left me and then it's time to go. The lead up to it's time to go, you know? I think it's great. I think it is such a an excellent ending, especially since it is directly referencing her real life. Like, think about the people that she shades in that song. She Everybody. Shades, yeah, Scott Borchetta, uh, Kanye West, Carly Kloss. She mm-hmm. shades, shades, shades. Yeah, she's like, all these people did me wrong back to back to back to back to back. These people that I trusted. You know in your soul it's time to go. I'm... I'm shocked. I think that that is like, that would be a perfect album ender. I agree. As a song, it's like an eight five for me. I like, I like it's time to go quite a bit and it would be a 10 closer. Oh, wow. Yeah. It would be a perfect closer for me. It'd probably be an eight for a closer, but on its own, it's probably more of like a six and a half. I like it and I appreciate it, but it just like, it doesn't like speak to my soul, you know? I think it spoke to my soul. Like it really hit me when I left my last job and got this new job. Mm, yeah. If I had to replace it, I'm going long story short. Long story short, it was a bad time. Pushed from the precipice, climbed right back up the cliff. Long story short, I survived. Stop it. That's what I picked. No, God. Every time I go first, it's always the same. <laughs> It just it feels like such an obvious pick, right? Like, yeah, it's the telling the story. Very cute. It'd be so good. Sorry, you have to pick a new one now. Okay, let me look, let me look, let me look, let me look. <laughs> Something else. I have two options. Okay. One, happiness. There'll be happiness after you, but there was happiness because of you. Both of these. Because, you know, the, the whole moral of it is... Yes, like I'm sad now, but there will be happiness no matter what. And I feel like it would be a little weaker to be a closer because it's not necessarily autobiographical for her, but cute message. The other one, closure. Better. I know that it's over. I don't need your closure. Yeah, closure would be itself. I don't know, but for the namesake. I like closure. I don't. I am a closure apologies for the pots and pans opening yeah you can have the closure i'll i'll apologize for me over here you can apologize for closure so i like it i think it's cam i think me is cam okay every song needs a defender and we'll just split up our camps isn't that just so funny like we're obviously such close friends and we both (laughs) really love taylor swift but man our opinions i think that's what makes this pod special (laughs) <laughs> so talking about midnights midnights ends on mastermind just like clockwork the dominoes cascaded in a line what if i told you i'm a mastermind olivia you loved mastermind the first time mm-hmm. that you heard that was it. an initial love for me it has fallen down the totem pole a little bit or maybe like it itself has not fallen but other songs have just risen and surpassed for me. What score do you give it? I give it a seven. I like it. I think, I shit you not, I had a seven and then I was listening to it and it came across the part in the song where her voice cracks and the word love to make them love me and make it seem effortless. That. And I was like, the voice crack alone gives it a point five. <laughs> I mean, her was... voice cracks are so great. Like... That's like from a seven to a seven and a half. God, I hope she never, like, I think about 1989, when she re-records it and releases it, if she doesn't keep the same voice cracks, I'm gonna riot. Man. 
so as a closer, seven. It's good. I gave it an 8.5. Wow. Wow. I thought you were going to rate it lower, honestly. Honestly, I thought that I was going to as well because Mastermind is not one of my favorites, but I like the idea of her being so wildly confessional on her last track because when we first heard Mastermind, at least for me, I'm thinking Joe Alwyn. I'm thinking, what if I told you none of this was accidental and she's talking about her plot to get him? And then when I think about it in the context of her fans, it's like, that's genius to make them love me and make it seem effortless. This is the first time I felt the need to confess. Like, I'm only cryptic and Machiavellian because I care. But is she talking about a guy? I don't think so. I think she's talking about how she subtly manipulates her fans. And that's not a bad thing. There are a lot of things that are manipulation that aren't necessarily bad things, like people pleasing. But she does it. She does things to get people to like her. Mm-hmm. And confessing all of that as her closing track that sounds really happy, I love it. I think, or at least my interpretation of the song, is that it is on the surface about Joe. The song is her singing it to Joe. Joe, hello. The song is her singing it to Joe and being like, I plotted and I got you and not your mind. And I've been doing this all my life with everyone that I've ever had anything with I've been doing it with my fans I've been doing it with my friends I've been doing it with every single relationship I've ever had and you're the first person I felt comfortable enough to say that I do this isn't that crazy I do this and he's the first person that was like I know that you do this and no it's not crazy and it like helped her accept it I love that (laughs) that's my like visual like mental film of the song (laughs) the 3 a.m closer is dear reader you're already in one yes which i also gave a 7.5 on that song although i think i like dear reader like just a a hair more than i like mastermind i know that that's not a popular take but i really like it i think the bridge of dear reader is so wildly underrated yeah i think i like it a hair less than mastermind Mm -hmm. maybe like a 6.5 it has grown on me a lot i will say and so I anticipate that will continue. But if that were the closer, it would also be a really good closer, especially with the context of Taylor and Joe breaking up. I think it'd make a better closer than Mastermind. I used to argue that I liked Mastermind better than Dear Reader as a closer because we talked about it. And I think I loved the idea of Mastermind being the ending so much was because it was such a vulnerable description of a moment in her relationship with Joe and him accepting her and like was one of those songs that made me feel so good that she had someone like that and knowing the ending makes it a little less epic for me if dear reader had been the album closer I gave it a nine like I think that it would be a crazy good closer for a lot of the reasons that you stated but having it end on like you should find another guiding light is such a crazy thing if she'd ended it like that. And she kind of did, because I recognize the 3 a.m. version as the complete version of Midnight's. Like, in the same way that when I think of All Too Well, it's the 10-minute version. The five-minute version doesn't count to me anymore. Midnight's 3 a.m. version is Midnight's. Yep, 100%. (laughs) Especially we got it, like, at the same time, basically. Yeah. Three-hour difference. Literally three hours later. (laughs) 
for another closer, this was really tough because I had to pick a closer thinking about the first 12 tracks. I wasn't thinking about a closer considering the 3 a.m. tracks, ironically, mm-hmm. even though we just said that that's how I see okay. it. I, I picked Sweet Nothing. All that you ever wanted from me was sweet nothing. Oh, that would be really pretty. I think that it's also a vulnerable song. If the last thing you hear is all you ever wanted from me was sweet nothing. It reminded me of how New Year's Day ends. Yeah, I think I told you once a while ago on the podcast that in my brain, sweet nothing was the New Year's Day of Midnight's. Like those songs feel very similar to me. What'd you pick though? Oh, I picked You're On Your Own, Kid. I like the idea of You're On Your Own, Kid being the closer because it kind of encompasses her entire life story a little bit. And the ending is so uplifting. Like, make the friendship bracelets, take the moment and taste it. You're on your own, kid. Yeah, you can face this. You're on your own, kid. You always have been. Like, it feels so positive, a little too positive for a track five for me, honestly. Okay, we did it. We sure did. We sure did. (laughs) So just like last time, we're going to very quickly rank the songs from 10th place to 1st place as an opener. Are we we doing, like, backwards order? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Last time we did them in the original, in, like, first place to 10th i think it'd be more fun if we do a build-up but i mentioned this in the last episode if you've been keeping track of our ratings for some reason and like writing them down that would be really crazy but i love that for you um we might not have them ranked the same way that we rated them because that was in the context of the album this is in context with one another so let's do this together what's your 10 my 10 is our song my 10 is hoax my nine is our song my nine is hoax Oh my god, look at us. Wow. Go for your eight. Okay, my eight is Evermore. My eight is Change. Mm-hmm. We both hurt each other with that one, so. <laughs> Even my Steven. seven is Mastermind. My seven is New Year's Day. My six is Mastermind. My six is Evermore. <laughs> my five is New Year's Day. My five is Queen. What's your four? Uh, my my four is begin again. My four is clean. <laughs> my three is daylight. <laughs> my three is change. Damn! <laughs> Give me your two. My two is long live. My two is begin again. <laughs> da, 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 da. My one is long live. My one is daylight. <laughs> So mostly, we were mostly the same for, like, with a couple of exceptions, and I'm really proud of us for that. Yeah, I picked Daylight as number one, not because it's from Lover, like, necessarily. Maybe, maybe it does have the Lover effect, because, I don't know. Let me just say what I'm going to say, and you can judge it however you want to. When I'm thinking about the closers, and if I get to the end of an album... How do I feel at the end? Like, how did that last song encapsulate the album? How much did it make me want to just start over from the beginning again? And none of them really speak to me to just, let's play the album again, besides The Daylight. And I don't know if that's my love for Lover as a whole, and the ride that I just go on the entire time, the vibes that I feel the whole time, or if it's Daylight really just, like, capturing that for me. Who knows? I could be totally biased. 
Well, in any event, I understand why you love it so much because that long live begin again daylight trio was really tough for me. Yeah. We did it. We did it. <laughs> would you would you tailor in this week? I tailored that we both kind of feel the same about hoax a little bit. I don't know why I didn't like think that. I would I thought that you liked it a lot more than I did for some reason. It's because I love folklore. But it's my least favorite on Folklore by a country mile. I learned what you just said, which is when you hear a song at the end of the album, you are rating it by if it made you want to start the album over. I think that's a really good way to rate like a closing. Like that is a, a my yeah. little Taylor and is I've never really thought about that in context of Taylor Swift <laughs> albums. When you finish it, does it make you want to listen to the album again or move yeah, on? You want to just keep going? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about next week? So next week, we are going to the Eras Tour again. Yes, we are. We're going to go to Nashville. So leading up to that, we're going to just do an episode kind of letting you guys know what our plans are the second time around, the changes we're going to make, things we might try differently. Like we didn't ever try to do merch. Will we try to do merch this time? Who knows? Find out next week. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I didn't know we were doing that. I'm so sorry, everybody waiting for August. Guess that's pushed again, baby. Listen, Eras Tour trumps everything. I don't know what to tell you. you. Let's be real. (laughs) Olivia, where can people find us on TikTok and Instagram? At Taylorning Podcast. Where can they shoot us an email? Podcast at gmail.com hell yeah they can hell yeah you can we love to hear from you guys as i repeat every single time we've been getting a lot more um, requests about things which we love that you guys are feeling more comfortable to reach out and tell us so we love to do that for you and incorporate it into our upcoming schedule because literally i have the next like six months scheduled out so let me know what requests you want and i can fit it in for this week my name is danny And I'm Olivia. See you next time. Peace. Also entirely unrelated, while you were spraying the cat, I had Instagram open. Taylor was spotted in New York again. She is with Gigi Hadid, the Heim sisters, and Blake Lively. Okay, but can we talk about how maybe possibly bejeweled was a fantasy about being a a crazy celebrity out in public again 1989 era style and like the thought of like experiencing that without joe i miss you but i miss sparkling never made sense to me if she wrote bejeweled and it was saying it's about me stepping back into pop after spending all this time in folk music i miss you but i miss sparkling what does she miss What was dulling her sparkle? I feel like them avoiding going out in public made people all the more feral when they did go out in public. That's why people like scoured over those those videos of them at the funerals because they never just like gave anybody anything. You know what I mean? Like I do. Like that made it worse. Yeah, they're so broken up. (laughs) They're so broken up. (laughs) So broken up.